This is the part where I have to start pretending to like you for about an hour, and then I can go back to being who I really am, deep-seated and hating you. You're going to use this for the cold opening, are you? Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to episode 15. We're still chugging along for all six of our viewers. We are still chugging along because you stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brian Ortiz. My name is David Castillo. And welcome to Life's a Wreck. But what is Life's a Wreck? Well, for those joining us for the first time, basically it's a podcast. I hope you would know that because you clicked on this. And if you didn't, oh boy, am I truly worried about you. Uh, what is life, David? What do we say here on the show? What do I say to you every day? I wake up in the morning, I call you, and I scream this motto in your ear every morning. What is life? But nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another. And how do we do that? We use pop culture as the social lubrication for discussion, my friend. And that's what we do. Every week, each one of us brings a topic to the table. And by doing so and talking about it, we learn about one another. And we recap that at the end of the day in the hopes that you and I will become a little bit, tiny, slightly, microscopically, one foot in front of the other, step at a time, closer friends, lesser enemies. (laughs) I have nothing to add there. I think you, as you always do, a really solid encapsulation of kind of what this show's about. Um, but ultimately, it's not working so far. I mean, I, I feel like I hate you just as much as we did episode one. You know, what you should really be thanking me for is I didn't actually introduce the show this time by saying I'm trying to penetrate you. Oh. That's what I was hoping you were going to okay. say thank you right. for. So now we're starting to get, become closer. I think that kind of, that sells me. Right. Gotcha. The, it's always, remember folks, the only thing that gets people closer penetration uh david how are you doing man how's everything going buddy i'm do- I've, I've had a really rare morning afternoon and evening but otherwise good um, um otherwise good uh how rare what does that mean for david it means that i've had to um help my mom write a resignation letter it means Whoa. i've had had a serious covid discussion with somebody close to me that i respect and by discussion, usually right, that means uh, I, I believe the science and the truth of the situation and this person believes in the crazy Facebook conspiracies of the, th- of the situation. But let me just note, right, person listening, person hopefully not listening, I'm not putting you on <laughs> yeah. the blast. Hey, don't, I, don't shine away viewers from the show, David. <laughs> Even if they're your enemies, we still need them. Just saying. Well, listen, like, you know, the funny thing is within that discussion, um, there is so much that I think people can find common ground on. Like, you know, whenever, for example, people talk about um, uh, this quote, unquote, this very sinister sound and gain of function, right? So you'll see this discussed with whether it's conspiracy theories or whatever. Ultimately, what's being discussed is whether or not scientists, what limits there are for scientists and how far they can experiment with sometimes dangerous materials. That to okay. me is that's a discussion worth having just on its own. 
that can be an interesting discussion. Unfortunately, it gets like turned into a bunch of other things because, well, you know, you have political like biases that kind of enter into it and influences people's opinion that enhances the intensity of their opinion, which makes them less likely to listen to something that might contradict that. So I'm not putting anybody on blast here, actually, believe it or not. I'm actually like, you know what, if, if we really were interested in the discussions we claim to be interested in, we'd probably have more to talk about instead of like so much to shout about. You know, David, it sounds to me like you had yourself a real life, life the wreck <laughs> moment, yes, my guy. Yes, it was, yes. You had a series of, <laughs> a series of reactions to an educational conversation with someone else. Which, by the way, why the hell are you talking to anybody else? I'm your partner, damn it. Not some strangers out in the world trying to poke at you, Listen, my dude. I know we've got, I'm your guy. I know we've got plenty of content to cover. But I do want to ask, man, like, have you have you ever had that kind of, like, just strange off-the-cuff conversation where you're clearly at opposite ends of the other person? And David, the perfect example is uh, us, God and the resolution that. is the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the answer to all of our problems. We have podcasts with each other, and everything will be solved. It's two people on the ends of the spectrum trying to find common ground in the middle, but they're so far apart. It's <laughs> literally why we started this entire endeavor together, man. But, David, on that perfect, seamless transition, because I am a master at this, Let's talk about our first big question of the day. David, last night I had the opportunity to uh, lay down with a special someone and recap and watching one of my favorite movies that I haven't seen in quite a while, 1979's Mad Max, my guy. David, first of all, have you seen Mad Max? I've seen it. The funny thing is I don't remember it that well. What I remember, I remember some of the stunts pretty well, but I most remember the... Uh, for some reason, I remember the one with Tina Turner better. Like, I remember ah. the Master Blaster better. And then, of course, the Tom Hardy one, which is not what you're talking about, but nonetheless. Um, you're talking about Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and Mad Max Fury Road. But it's hard not to forget the one with Tina Turner and Master Blaster. <laughs> I mean, like, just the two names in a single sentence just sounds bananas. Do you know what I mean? But And it's and it's, it's, it's not my favorite, but it's also got such a uniqueness to it that it belongs in the pantheon of weird Mad Max movies, man. But, you know, it got me to thinking because we were, you know, they had never seen it before and I was really glad to share it with them for the first time. Oh, nice. And it was, you know, there was this great interview and it talked about the post-apocalyptic world and kind of how this was one of those early movies that really touched on that in a very significant way that made a lot of impact uh, culturally amongst people in the time and as, as far as messages and then as far as style too as you know the outfits became a symbolism of punk for a while in the 1980s but my bigger question is dude um you know i i grew up with these movies and when i think of a post-apocalyptic world and there's been many great movies out there that have shown us what that can look like my version looks like the one from Road Warriors specifically, right? And I'm always prepared when the apocalypse comes, right? I've got a bag that has key apocalyptic stuff. A, it's got a survival guide for like, you know, living in nature. I got a big like David Bowie knife, you know, like the singer, like <laughs> big old David Bowie singer knife, just in case, you know what I'm saying? I got key figures that you're going to need. Assless chaps, a hockey mask, and a feather boa. Because the more you look like an insane psychopath running around, the more you'll attract people to work with you, my guy. You know what I'm saying? So that's my thing. And I'm all, so I have like a weird, what do you call it? Um, irrational fear that when the post-apocalyptic come, that I will either be someone's like 
side piece. You know what I'm saying? Like there's gonna be like huge guy. His name his name's gonna be Monger. He's got like a big leather boa, and I'm just his side piece on a leash. And that's a weird thing, but I I actually do have panic attacks when I think about that sometimes. So I you know, but Mad Max started it all, man. And I wanted to see David. Like my question I wanted to ask you was, did did that movie or did any movie influence you or make you think about a post-apocalyptic world? Do you know what, what what does yours look like? What do you imagine the post-apocalyptic? Is it going to be nuclear? Is it going to be gas-related? <laughs> is it going to be pandemic-related? Because I feel like we're doing in that direction. Where do you go? You know, what I don't understand is the questions you ask are always followed up after something completely mind-blowing. Like your survival mm-hmm. toys, for example, assless mm-hmm. chaps. Like, sure. I'm assuming you really believe you're going to be the bottom in any relationship that requires. And I credit to the uh, the reviewer who mentioned our um, really our, our sort of um, bottom phobia. Like we need to get over that. Right. right. That's I'm not insulting you here. Um, that can be a noble you know position. Anyways, correct. Um, but I, I still like. I'm just really. Uh, you, you've still broken my brain over <laughs> was your... it the assless chaps or the feather bow? i didn't even think it was the assless chaps maybe it was okay. like yeah maybe maybe it was the you're i mean you're clearly not prepared for like trying to survive on your own you're prepared to just be someone's court jester <laughs> well for i mean first i'm gonna i need to put on my own show first right see if i can amass my own psychopath to join me so we can you know attack tankers for gallons of water or gas or something like that you know what i'm saying and so that but but the truth is let's be real look at me my my beautiful doughy hispanic visage <laughs> looks more like a side piece and i don't look like a monger you know what i'm saying i look like a gobbler that's really <laughs> what's happening <laughs> By the way, I thought we agreed to ditch the word Hispanic, like we went with Latino. Yeah, but it didn't. I, but my my phrasing didn't roll well off okay, Latino. Okay. Right. You know what so I'm saying? Is, I really thought Hispanic really rolled better with the rhyme that I was trying to this say. This is not you about what your what stand against Richard Nixon in the U.S. Census. This is about like, <laughs> you know, cadence wise, this just rolls off. Yeah, the tongue. dude, this you. is about showmanship. <laughs> this is about pronunciation. Right? I want to go with the verbal flow that I've created here, dude. Not your, your politically correct statements, okay. David. I, oh, I apologize that uh, accuracy and political correctness were mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> David, are you a monger or are you a gobbler? Which of the two, where do you feel you live in the post-apocalyptic spectrum of Mad Max? So wait, hold on. You asked, you, you originally asked a question about what movie or what like drew you into the, uh, made you think about the apocalypse, right? What apocalypse future do you imagine, David? I, if I'm just reaching into like nostalgia and just like that sort of whatever it is that triggers my body to like think about um, the apocalypse, man, yeah. Waterworld is the thing for me. Ooh, and, and, and listen, we, 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 we don't have to have a discussion about. Yeah, we do. What sucks is that like, you know, you honest, you like genuinely like gave me an hours of prep and I, Waterworld is legitimately not something I like thought about <laughs> or considered. But I think one of the reasons why, like, is that uh-huh. at the time, even as a young kid, sure, I didn't, like, know shit about, like, climate change or anything like that, but it still felt like one of those kind of post-apocalyptic futures that seems about right. Like, logic checks out, right? Like, oh, shit, yeah. you know, right. Climate change, every everything's, like, water. Okay, yeah, The sure. polar ice caps will melt. They'll drown most of the land masses in the, in the globe. Absolutely. There was, like, a huge... Um, note in media in the 1990s that I felt was all about climate change, right? So everything had to deal with polar ice caps melted, half the world is gone. 
I felt like every post-apocalyptic movie always had that as a, th- a theme. So I could absolutely see why logically it would affect you. No, but you're, you're also pointing out something that like, you know, you kind of that, you know, maybe like lay people weren't aware of. But the, the early 90s was around the time of a lot of like things within sort of climate science really mm-hmm. kind of making public noise, which then led to a lot of the Armageddon deep impact and, you know, a lot of other Ooh, bullshit, but you deep know, impact. point is anyways, what getting back to Waterworld, because right, I, I could, I could, I, I'm sorry, we should never <laughs> stray too far from Waterworld. <laughs> I could talk. All, so I could talk all day about like uh, Kim Coates. I could talk all day about Kim Coates's performance in Waterworld. Um, I'd rather not talk at all about like the fucking web feet and all that other dumb stuff. Like my, you don't want to talk about him being into a system that recycles it so he can drink it again, dude? No. What what I what I really enjoyed about Waterworld, I guess what the vision really kind of crafts for me, is this future where it's no longer about bullshit social media or these relationships, <laughs> love lost, and 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 sort of our opinions about things, which I think actually oh kind God. of. You know, uh, really bounces off well with kind of what you just what you asked me earlier in the day that I had. It's it's not about it's it's about fighting. It's about reacting to crisis, and that's all that matters. What matters is how you just not just survive day to day, but like from in in Waterworld's case, from uh, ski chase or uh, what what are they jet ski chase to jet ski chase? Um, <laughs> how they survive? You know how you survive Dennis Hopper's bad cigar and like terrible eye patch. Oh my God! Dude. But you will uh, do anything to try and escape this socially media opinionated world that we live in, just so you could get on some jet skis <laughs> and live a true life of surviving and fighting in the moment, dude. And have webbed feet and pee into a machine that lets you drink it later. And to answer your real question, because <laughs> hey, you know, urine is is sterile. Nothing wrong with it. And I mean, actually, there's plenty wrong with it. But okay, by the way, okay, pro- getting a lot about you here, David. You're <laughs> learning a lot about you real quick here about you and urine, dude. Waterworlds. I thought honestly, David, I thought you would have said Waterworld didn't even cross my mind. I don't know why I had this weird feeling you were going to say another Kevin Costner, the Postman. Oh, you know what? I changed my mind. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that movie just is, like that. I turned him, folks. I, I like the Postman, but uh, that's not what I'm here for. In fact, oh right. Okay, you know what? My Sort of the boy in me is saying the water world. Maybe the adult in me is like answering Postman. But anyways, I, just, I love that both of the movies are Kevin Cosner <laughs> apocalyptic movies. It's such a standard. soft spot for the guy, man. He, he's he can he can do no wrong even when he's like a piece of shit in real life. Doesn't oh matter. Oh my god. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. we're putting Kevin Cosner on blast. He listens to the podcast. He's gonna unsubscribe from us now, dude. Oh, thanks a lot, David. You've talked. You're in the water world. Okay, so you live. In the water world, <laughs> I live in the Mad Max world. In this, it still fits the same way. Are you a, a, a are you a, a monger or a gobbler? You know what I'm saying? Monger being just the name that we have given the alpha male bad guy in this post-apocalyptic world. Gobbler meaning you just are on your floor. You're the bottom. You're the pet. You're on the chain, and you you know do the thing. I I think a gobbler that pretends to be a monger. Like I, I think I'm absolutely the kind of person that I really, you know, I, I fancy myself as someone that could probably get things done like physically, like, oh, sh- you know, like, man, well, I've, I've read about guns and, and I know what a knife, 
it's just I read supposed a book to about do. a gun once. <laughs> you know. <laughs> By the way, I did buy when I was uh, in college the poor man's James Bible, which I'm certain put me on the FBI watch list. Jesus, is, dude! Way, I don't know if we should be releasing that info <laughs> on a podcast. In high school, we illegally downloaded the Anarchist Cookbook off the dark web. You know, none of that to me, like Anarchist Cookbook, James Man's Poor Bible. None of that compares to. Um, the Anthony Hopkins character in The Edge, who basically plays like <laughs> all those books into one character. Dude, um, let me ask you this: Why did you? Why are you avoiding that topic? Anthony Hopkins in The Edge. Let's let's change the topic of the episode. The ed- that is a topic for another podcast. Anthony Hopkins is a, a is a whole podcast in and of itself. That man is someone we should get to listen to the podcast. He would like us. Because today I'm gonna kill the motherfucker. I just wanted to try to get that impression. Dude, uh, was, that was that your Anthony Hopkins impression? It was fr- probably pretty bad, but I really like tried to invest oh, in myself. Oh man, it's not it's not your it's not as good as your Barry Pepper impression, I'll tell you that much. Okay. <laughs> it's not Barry Pepper level, but I appreciate the effort, my guy. I appreciate the effort. You were saying. David, what kind of post-apocalyptic world do you imagine happening for real? Do you have an idea of what you think it would be? Yeah, I, I think I think it really would just be a kind of um, you know that's why I was thought was interesting about older like you look at like older movies about the quote unquote apocalypse like like World of Worlds um, yeah and there's there's kind of a running theme before you get to like the '90s and late '80s which is that the apocalypse is something we can control right we can control an alien invasion we can control uh, um, you know nuclear winter control right i'm using that term loosely but right nowadays like the apocalypse is just like hey man that, that shit's gonna that shit can happen with just a simple sneeze <laughs> and, and every <laughs> every marvel film has to be a villain that just wants to destroy the entire fucking thing i think there's right. something within that psychology that that speaks to this so so to me like i think the i think as with anything else the apocalypse is like gonna be mundane as fuck mm, it's okay. where it's like nothing grand happens we don't get like you know oh tickets i get it there's the not show. a single action there's yeah. not like a bomb that goes off there's not an alien invasion yours is more of like the slow burn of over time we we are the frogs in the boiling water experiment even though Ooh, that actual experiment's David. been performed and it's total bullshit but nonetheless for the purpose of my point it works like a glove um, and, wow. and, and I think that's, that's, you know, you see what has happened in this day and age and it's, it's kind of lame to like use COVID as like, you know, well, you know, COVID's on everybody's mind. Nobody wants to talk about it, but, um, even let's take away whatever your specific opinions are about COVID and just think of how everybody reacted. Think of you go back to nine 11, right? Nine 11 was, man, that was like something out of a movie or like, you know, when the sort of the entire globe was, you know, ravaged by, a, you know, like a virus um, yeah. that people just like, man, what was the problem? Man, we can't go about our daily lives. We can't like go back to watch fucking like baseball in person. And and people just push forward. And I feel like something worse that would happen yeah. would involve the exact same mindset. Like people will just pretend it's not happening. And, and it'll, yeah, just be as... And I, I apologize if I've used this before. The slow knife that waits years, that cuts the deepest, 
as oh Talia Ghul says in The Dark Knight. Oh, my God. Here we go again. One of the worst lines I've ever heard oh. in any movie. And don't give Christopher Nolan credit just because he's made great films before. That's a terrible line. But you love that movie, David. I don't understand <laughs> your hate for it. We're, we're not very about it. I, I don't want you to... Listen, for one, don't tell people that in public. Two... <laughs> Let's get back on topic. <laughs> gotcha. Copy that. Because, no more dark because, night. Because now, now it's for one. I'm curious, you know, what you think uh, or how you, you know, what you think about my impression. And two, of course, I'm obviously really curious about what you think the apocalypse is going to look like. Dude, I think that's brilliant. First of all, like I think that's absolutely what would happen, right? There is a, you know, going back to what you said a little bit. I used to think that it was going to be a meteor. It was going to be a nuclear explosion because we were all going to kill ourselves in some type of war. But you're right. I think in today's world, it feels like it's going to be something simple. Take. A, I've always said that I think humanity is threaded and woven so tightly that if you pulled like a single thread, the whole thing would potentially collapse, if not careful. If you take away one resource... So many people would like freak out. Do you know what I mean? So simple. And I think that's where it starts. And I think Mad Max is an excellent example of this. And this is one of the reasons I like the 1979 one, because Road Warriors, the sequel, showed us the aftermath of the decay. And everyone is just fighting for survival. But the 79 one is not as post-apocalyptic as people would imagine. It feels more like the system crashed and we are watching, like you said, the slow decay, the mundane, everything slowly falling apart. And by the time we get to two, it's all gone. And I think that's really realistic. Now, just add on the leather chaps, the feather boa, and you and I are living in the same apocalypse together, my guy. So that's, I agree with you 100%. I think that's how we're going to go, dude. By the way, that's I, how we're going to go. I just want to add one more thing to like, so, you know, as, as we're in the high quote unquote highbrow portion of, the, of this episode and we <laughs> get into like the meat and the vastless chaps. And right. What we talk about of, the Talia gold quotes, the high portion right, of apo- the show. Apocalyptic, apocalyptic sex wear and that kind of stuff. We're never going to say that word correctly. Just so you know, we're just going <laughs> to, we're always going to screw it up. Go ahead. The apocalyptic. But, stuff yes um there is an actual like apocalypse a mad max scenario that's occurring right now and Ooh. look it up like right here in the u.s right here What's in going on? the suburbs and the farms of you which is the colorado river and the fact that it the water has like just sunk to such low levels has already forced farmers to not be able to use any water for the year of 2022 Whoa. So these are people whose lives literally upended and could be the result of a major economic collapse. It's happening right here. And who talks about it? And uh, which one? And by the way, uh, you know, for I realize people are not going to fucking read books in this day and age about any <laughs> yeah, of this Yeah, come shit. on, dude. So, They're listening to a podcast, okay? <laughs> okay, all right. They want to hear us talk. They don't want you to see, read a freaking book. Britannica on on the podcast. Okay, so which dude. which while I'm doing that, and this is not a plug because I know the guy, but uh Answers with Joe <laughs> is a really good YouTube show where he kind of he'll do like highbrow topics with kind of more of like a you know com- comedic sort of bent. Um I, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't know that. And you know me, I hate to read. I just give me my freaking <laughs> uh TV shows, my wipeouts on TBS, my power hate, and I'm just gonna gobble it down. I don't want to learn about all this terrible stuff, dude, okay? That's a, okay. You know what? That joke is I, just so we put it out there. That is not me. I really don't want to play it's that Brian. character. It's a hundred percent. I saw don't 30. I thought I saw like 40 seconds of Wipeout last night. Hated it. 
All right. I was curious because it had John Cena. It's a nightmare and cringy AF. Okay, dude, don't watch it. Dude. Oh, I think you're talking make, about the old make PlayStation game. No, that's a good. Th- this is a TV show. It's freaking terrible, David. Though I would pay any amount of money to watch you on Wipeout. Just you trying to make it across a really weird obstacle course, American Ninja style, but with a bunch of like Nickelodeon slime everywhere and a bunch of things hitting you. What are you watching that shit for, anyways? I feel like you're the <laughs> I last. I was curious. <laughs> I just finished watching Peacemaker, and I wanted to see John Cena in something else. And that was on TV, and I was curious. I'd never seen it. Okay, David, leave me alone. You were curious about a show that was never going to give you John Cena. It was just, John Cena was just going to be the host. Yeah. I'm just saying the answer was right there in front of you. But I know, David. You know, look, you learn lessons sometimes <laughs> by doing it. But you know what? I watched Wipeout, so you don't have to, David. And for those out there, support John Cena, but just don't like Wipeout. It's a real piece of garbage show. David, I want to ask you this. Um if the here's here's my big question that I was curious about. Like, if we enter in an apocalypse, whatever it may be, whichever version you choose, you're living after, right? What is the most important thing to you in a post? What do you imagine the most important thing to you would be in a post-apocalyptic world? Do you want to start a caravan of ruthless rogues that steal stuff? Or would you rather take your wife and go into the mountains and fend for yourselves and get everyone away from you? Do you want to become like, you know, the next uh, king of San Antonio, <laughs> riding around a dope Cadillac with chandeliers on the front? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, what's important to you when the world collapses? That's what I'm asking. Oh, man, so that's a great question. I, I would have to assume my wife. And I think the reason why I have to assume my wife, well, hold on a second. I know that sounds terrible. Like, <laughs> like I'm not sure like, well, you know, we thought about getting, I don't know if she loves me and I don't know if I love her enough to, 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 oh, to fend off like crazy right cannibals. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I, I think yeah, well, I, the reason, okay. So the reason for one, for, let's explain why this is like a tricky question for me because my family, sure. who of course I love mom and dad, brother, uh, my immediate family lives in Fort Worth. Right. So, um, now I would probably still choose uh, my wife over them, <laughs> but, but the point Sorry, is, dad. but I think there's a real, yeah, I, I do apologize. You know, especially my dad, man, who, who would probably be pretty good in the apocalypse and no, not all the he's not, Yeah. He well. looks like he could hold himself in the apocalypse. He used to be a boxer. He's so, I mean, not yeah. just physically, but he's, he's a craftsman, man. He's, he's a machinist. Uh, oh yeah. He's got dude. a skill set that's super yeah. important. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Um, but I think the main thing is like. This goes back to the real show that I want to discuss, which was The Edge with Anthony Hopkins. Oh Alec my God, Baldwin, no! Directed by Lee Tamahori. And the reason- How dare you? The reason why I'm bringing it up, Brian. All right, just, just bear with me. I'll get there, oh, I promise. I guess, okay. The reason why I'm bringing this up- I hate these tangents. Is because freaking Anthony Hopkins, again, the ultimate survival badass in this movie. Okay. Says, yes, he is. Yes, he is. And granted, this is kind of a cliche, so this goes before his character, but a good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. And I should okay. have done that in Anthony Hopkins' voice, but I think... You should have. Oh, hold on. I want to, No, now I want to hear it. Give me your best Anthony Hopkins whenever you're ready. Take a moment. Breathe. And... Good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. I, oh, I, I don't, I don't, dude. That's not bad. That's not bad, David. <laughs> Pretty good, dude. Pretty good. All right. No berry pepper, but you, I'm going to put it in your catalog. Good job, bro. Dude, I, I think my berry pepper impression is like perfection. So I, no, nothing is ever going to. Anyways. Uh, I thought berry pepper was on the show when you did it. 
<laughs> Specifically, Barry Pepper from Firestorm starring Howard. From Firestorm. Long. Yeah. You, Dude, how hard do you think it would be for us to get Barry Pepper on the show? Why didn't we even ask that question? We've just, you've wasted both of our time. Just, I mean, <laughs> and nothing against Barry Pepper. This is not like an insult. Just Let like, it be known, David, right here and right now, <laughs> that I want Barry Pepper on this show. That is going to be the hill that I die on. I want Barry Pepper as a guest on our show. Once we do that, we can retire. I don't even know why I still do. You disappoint me so often because Barry Pepper is the guy you want on the show. But when, yeah. I, when I talk about 25th Hour that stars Barry Pepper and probably one of his best dramatic performances, you're like, yes, 25th Hour? Who gives a fuck about 25th Hour? Because it's no firestorm. What do you want me to do about it, David? I don't know what to tell you, okay? 25th Hour ain't no firestorm. And Barry Pepper has one of the most memorable lines that you remembered, by the way. <laughs> you remembered that line. I didn't see you quoting Barry Pepper that often in the 25th hour, but you nailed it in Firestorm. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, dude? Okay? Look, Barry Pepper aside, because we're getting off topic here, all right? You were talking about The Edge. You gave us a great Anthony Hopkins. Continue. I think that is the mentality that you have to have in the apocalypse. And I'm going to bring this around to a sports analogy, right? Which is oh, that, here we go. Don't uh, be confused. Which is that... You, you look at like some of the most, um, you know, some of the s- sports that rely on luck, uh, like hockey, uh, or you'd say like okay. prize fighting, right? I mean, the thing that you, that is probably more, imp- like planned action is more important than planned purpose. Because in such a chaotic scenario, you can't pretend to predict what's going to happen next. Fair and enough. So that's Fair why enough. I feel like my first instinct, yeah, protect my wife, protect my ground. Maybe that kind of, uh, that sort of radius... That template expands over time, but I can't worry about 10 feet in front of me that I can't even see through like the fog of like cannibalism and assless chaps. I can't do that. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. It. Let me ask you this really important question. This might, if you don't answer this correctly, like <laughs> you, this might div- divorce you from your wife. Okay. David, people have come into your home. You have your wife and you're ready to go. You can take her and you can grab Either Baby Jabba or Chuby. Oh, man. Who do you grab as you exit into the apocalypse? So uh, so this is super tough. For those that don't know, we, we uh, Nicole and I do have children. They are, um, they are Hutlets and Wookiees. And um, yeah, I would go with Baby J. Um, and I'll say that without hesitation. And Chuby is, he, he loves his chicken, but he, he kind of loves too much chicken. He, he's a little needy. And Baby J uh, was an assassin on his home planet. So, I mean, that, that to me is just like two plus two as far as I'm concerned. I look forward to anyone who's joining us right now and accidentally <laughs> click on this section as they will be utterly confused without any context of what I just asked. You know, it's a great <laughs> question. Answer. And it's probably only going to make sense if they know our Instagram accounts. Sure. Which, by the oh, way, yeah, I will we'll link, put again yes. in, the, in, the, in the info again like I did last time. Okay. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let us know what you think about these cute A little Instagrams. All right, that's a hard question, Dave. I'm really proud that you answered that, man. So you're running out. And that's a great model to look at it, too, man. You've got the right attitude. As always, David, you are prepared. You're not a man who you don't, like, you know, you're not thinking of the big. You're not thinking, how do you put it? Like, you're not planning. You're not making a big plan. You're thinking of the moment. You know what I mean? And, like, that's what you're taking care of. You like, know what I'm like tactics versus strategy, right? Like, tactics, the planned action, strategy, the planned purpose. You don't have time for strategy in an apocalypse. You just have time for tactics. That's a great way to look at it, which is probably why you will survive. And when you're out there with your lovely wife and your baby Jabba, and you're running around, by the way, David, 
when you see me and I am leashed up with this big, hulking, beautiful man who's got me on a leash, assless chaps, I look beat and bruised, but I also look fine as hell. Like I'm, we're talking full, beautiful eyeliner, gold makeup. I've got like a mohawk, pink. I look, I look gorgeous, but I'm also, uh, clearly, I'm a, I'm a pet. David, will you come and save me, or will you just walk past quietly and say, "Shh, we never saw you." Uh, we go back to the good plan today, which is just walk past, just, just, <laughs> just go. You know, he is. He's chosen his lot in life. Well, maybe he hasn't chosen his lot in life. Actually, I don't think I got to choose that one, <laughs> okay. David. That didn't feel like that was a choice. To be fair, and I hate to victim blame. This is not the place for victim blaming. But you did say some of your survival garments and habiliments, assless chap. You know, you, you put yourself in a position where, like, if somebody, for example, if somebody, a very ungainly and unsavory character, has kidnapped you and want okay. you for their pet, and they start rifling through your personal shit, and they see assless chaps, they're going to feel like, okay, this person can satisfy my sexual needs without any pushback. Okay. David, think about this. Here's the logic. You monster. You flawed monster. You're standing on the sidewalk, and it's dark, okay? You're waiting for the bus. Whatever. You see some guy running towards you. A little nervous, but you don't immediately think of anything because he could be running for the bus. But it takes a moment for you to be like, I might be in danger. Now, David, same scenario. You see a guy running towards you dressed in full clown outfits, all right, running with like a balloon and maybe a knife, which is going to be scarier to you, right? Clown man. So in the apocalypse, who are you going to fear more? The guy who looks like he's trying to survive or the guy who's wearing so confidently assless chaps? And a feather boa swinging a hammer at you. Which looks more terrifying? Which one do you want to follow? I just want it noted here on the podcast that of all the characters in any apocalyptic story or movie ever, Mm -hmm. Brian has taken inspiration from Channing Tatum's character in This is the End. Where Danny McBride is the head cannibal of a gang and Channing Tatum is just his like ass servant okay so maybe you're not completely wrong i mean would i look like that sure i'm thinking more of the bad guy from mad max 2 that's more of where i'm coming from but let's be real here by the way i'm gonna say david thank you for the compliment because in that scenario i'm channing tatum yes hispanic in a weird way in a back ass word way david that's one of the nicest things you've ever said to me again (laughs) Thanks for that, buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I am always happy to surf, just lift you up, Brian. <laughs> yeah, without even knowing. <laughs> With just walking by. I lift you up just by walking by. Do you think there's a strategic place to go to during a post-apocalypse? Like up into the mountains, into the woods, so you have a defending point. Or into a school, because they're built like prisons. Or homestead, take care of it, and it can be a kingdom for you. Like, do you have a location? A location you would go to immediately in case the world oh, collapsed? That's, that's a good question. Uh, homestead is, is, is a terrible one. Uh, oh, because, yeah. Because I think 100%. people are choosing it just for familiarity and nostalgia. Yes, And Correct. you're not taking into consideration, for example, what has happened to your neighborhood. If that shit has collapsed, it's only a matter of time before your house collapses. Um, and I, I mean by like, you know, whatever the cannibals that use you as their ass pets or whatever. Uh, whatever this future <laughs> apocalypse is afflicted by. 
Gotcha. Um, Ele- great, th- great phrasing. I think elevated position is is essential. Um, Correct. You know, we know that from the Ed Harris versus Michael Bean showdown in The Rock. Um, yep. You want elevated Absolutely. position. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, I always loved their their sort of argument. Um, it, it sort of, Ed Harris is kind of forced into like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? Like, it's just weird dialogue to come from like the serious, like general. This is besides the point. Let me just say, <laughs> I love the minutia of films. Like, I'm never going to talk to you about like the plot of a movie or no, you won't. the actors or quote you the Not IMD even. page. I'm just going to talk about. The one line that Barry Pepper says in all of Firestorm. <laughs> That's what you're going to hit up. Yes, yes. And I'm proud of that. <laughs> fuck, I mean, I don't know if you're judging me, but fuck you if you are. But the point is, <laughs> point is, I, it's, it's, t- I think depe- it depends on the kind of apocalypse, right? You know, if this is apocalypse where like birds have decided to like murder people, well, then you don't want to have a position, you know, like. Um, Correct. David, if, here's my last question, David. It's so. The hardest thing of all is that the world collapses. I'm a pet. You are a man who's surviving on the edge. <laughs> and the thing that happens Great is 10 back. years later down the line, we accidentally run into each other, right? Um, I have escaped my bondages oh. of slavery. I have uh, called my own little group now, and we live on the suburban area of the city. And you are coming in one day from the top of the mountain, surviving with your wife, and you're, you know, baby Java, you see me, we'd catch up for the first time. We don't murder each other. But we reminisce about the old days. <laughs> we used to have a podcast and you used to quote minutia to me. What do you miss most from the fallen world, David? What's the thing that you miss most? Man, that's, that's a really interesting... There, there's something like oddly philosophical about this question. I don't know where you came up with it. Like, I would assume that you got it from like a book, but I know you don't read. So. It's almost like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just say that I would see you very differently, for one. Like, it'd be kind of so. one My of those... My whole body's been ravished. Yeah. But I'm cut, by the way. I'm cut because I'm no longer eating fats and trans fats. I mean, just eating like, you know... I'm just gobbling a bunch of, you know, D's all the time, but I look thin. I look cut. So I look pretty good. I, I imagine it's kind of similar to like what happens when like people come out of prison and, you know, we don't have to like make this real grim, but it's, I'm like, I look at you like, man, this, this guy was willing to debase himself as much and as often as possible to stay alive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I did. I did. It's true. And do, do I, do I see him the same? Can I look past it? Was it was that a good thing? I mean, he survived. Is that the only thing that matters? Is is morality just like a survival index, not like anything about inherent values or inherent morals, as Kant argued, or the good life, you know, whatever. Um, so, Correct. so that is that's tough. What I would say, what I'd miss most though, would be games. I would miss uh, most would Magic be, the Gathering. Okay, so yes, Magic the Gathering, but also I knew it. I knew it. I had that in my head for the win. I knew it was going to be Magic the Gathering. But games, plural. So that would include things like hockey, even Dungeons and Dragons, which I know we still need to get done. We Uh, will. You know, the kind of things that stimulate your mind without without stuffing it with the usual subterfuge. You know, for example, the subterfuge of um, whether it's like a sort of... Uh, other games like i mean come on like even now you know people can't watch like certain sports because they're like oh those freaking athletes and their politics can't not can't keep (laughs) politics out of sports and and what the fuck 
let's get humans, robots playing sports Let's instead so we can get politics <laughs> out of sports because anyways uh but the point is that uh yeah you know just like games I, we nicole and i went to uh this little sort of um it almost kind of like it's not quite larpin but those like kind of like 19th century reenactment little villages yeah uh, in Fre- that's in, adorable in fredericksburg we went to this this little spot i can't remember the name of it for the life of me god damn it but the point is the um they were reenacting a lot of things, right? So they had like a, a blacksmith. They had, um, you know, just mm-hmm. all that 1800 shit. And sure. uh, one of the guys was um, doing, playing a game called Sweat Cloth that they would have played back then where it was just like numbers one through five on a cloth and they would just roll dice. It was basically like a dice game. Um, okay. But to me, like there's a good example of like, something that engages you but engages you without bringing in just the usual like baggage that you bring into other things that involve humans i think it's kind of one of the great things about games which is that you can it's something you can just focus on in like a pure innocent way instead of a way that makes you think about like the horror of like human psychology or the idiocy or whatever you know what i mean so do you think the apocalypse would bring purity to games? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, that's, honestly, I didn't even know how to answer that question. I'm, I'm actually not even sure what you're asking. Because, <laughs> you know, we get rid of all the politics and it's just, you come down, it used, you know, it's no longer these fucking athletes and all these games. And now it's just purity of you rolling a dice and trying to win. <laughs> You've just gone. We're playing sweat cloth. Playing sweat cloth, man. Think about it. I don't know, man. Like I, I, uh, I just know that's that's what I'd miss the most. I feel like you would. Your question is like I feel like your answer to that question is very obvious, but um, I still need to hear it from you first. In this future, and I being the pet, I would absolutely miss consensual sex, but <laughs> I would also miss uh, my collection. I'm a very I'm a man of objects. Okay, I'm not ashamed to say it. I like things, and I would miss the things because they made me comfortable and comfy in my home. So you take that away, and it would be really sad, and I'd have to find a new way to be comfortable. After I would, you know, have to service my master for as long as I'm stuck with him. But you know what? He feeds me three times a day. Um, I do get pleasure most of the time, ish sometimes. Um, I get to be front row for all the beheadings, which is really, really sweet, okay? And uh, anytime we raid a village, I get first crack at all the wardrobe. So it's not the, wor- the like the worst thing for me. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I just wish that it would be nice if if I was asked every now and then, would I like to have sex? That's all I'm saying. Just every once in a while. You know what I mean, David? Yeah, there, there are parts of you that sometimes I don't know how much is coming from like wanting to be funny in a sincere way. And just genuinely laying out their personal psychology for all the world to see. <laughs> David, isn't there a little bit of truth in every joke? <laughs> Think about that, dude. There's a difference oh between there's a difference between like truth and joke and just like wanting to be liberated by, by, <laughs> by that truth. <laughs> yeah, really, it's just all just subterfuge. I just want to be liberated and be someone's sexual slave, and that's the true world I want to live in, David. Um, David, we've we've come to the part of the show where we have talked all about and somehow ended up on me being someone's uh, po- post-apocalyptic pet, if you will, uh, the PPP. Um, but this is the part of the show now where I have to learn something about you. And like every other episode, I am full and uh, chock 
uh, I what's the word I'm thinking for? Chock full. You are, yeah, you are chock full of things that I have learned about, and I'm excited to share. You know what I'm saying? David, cue the music. There it is. David, what I learned about you is some wonderful things. One, th- surprising enough, you would choose your wife over your family, which is says a lot about a person. You love your family. That doesn't say anything about that. And we know that the reality is that your dad would be the kingpin in the apocalypse. Do you know what I'm saying? A man who would own whatever he's at. So he's good. So the idea that you would choose your wife and protect her is the answer that I was hoping to hear because it just shows who you are, a man of loyalty, of love, a man of protection, a man who knows what's important to him and he'll fight to the death for it during all of that. You know what I'm saying? I love that you're a man, just like I've learned about you, who thinks in the moment. You think in the big, you know, not, not necessarily the grand scheme of blah, blah, blah. You're a man of the times. You're a man of here. You're a man of now and existing in this moment, just like you always have been across the board. Tactics over strategy. That's a statement that I'll live with forever that you probably stole from the edge but that still says something about you david (laughs) okay it says something about you all right what did i learn that even if you walked past me after all these years of friendship and coming together you still wouldn't save me (laughs) that says a lot about you because what's important to you is your wife and existence not my goofy ass nostalgia left behind who needs that kind of stuff think of the immediate you would miss games but also find a purity as you would enjoy a nice comfy rousing game of sweat cloth with your wife as you live in the upper hills enjoying your farm life with your adopted pig your baby java and living the best life that you could david and that's what i learned about you today my guy that was uh, that was that was uh, like an iconic close <laughs> <laughs> that was that, that read like Shakespeare to me, man. That was that was uh, I enjoyed that very much. Your life, by the way, typical us, is perfectly suited to a wonderful, beautiful cottage home fortified with all kinds of smart stuff, and me living in the suburban lifestyle, literally being the sexual pet of a man named Monger. That is us to a T, David. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of our show, David. How'd you feel about that one, my dude? Uh, you know, I, I felt like I learned a lot of things about you as well, and you didn't—you <laughs> didn't have to talk about yourself. You just had to, you know, say a few things, mm-hmm. make a few references, and I'm like, mm. damn, Brian is. Brian's hurting inside. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm broken, but here's how you can help me fix me by going to our pages and like, share, and giving us all the stars. Leave us some reviews so I feel better about myself because I'm a broken human being who only lacks the chain that doesn't go to his collar, ladies and gentlemen. If you like us, please give us five stars and leave a review. We might read it. If you hate us and give us five stars in a review, we'll probably still read it. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear topics that we could discuss. We'd love to hear some uh, people's opinions. We'd also like to get some advice that you might need from two dorks who don't need to be giving out advices. But you can reach us at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod, at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at wreckthepod as well as Instagram. We're also on the TikTok that we're working on, ladies and gentlemen. So keep an eye out for it as we start posting fun stuff there sometime soon in the future. David, any last words for our ladies and gentlemen out there? Rewatch Waterworld. Give it a chance. It's basically Mad Max Free Road, but with water. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. And on that note, let's not forget that the king of the apocalypse is Kevin Costner. Don't forget to double feature Waterworld and The Postman for one of the best nights 
of your life, ladies and gentlemen. Adios. Adios. Life's a Wreck is an FC podcast production created by Brian Ortiz and David Castile, recorded in our homes and edited by me, Brian Ortiz. Theme song and outro by Hard Power USA. Check them out on SoundCloud. And please let us know what you think about the show by rating us and leaving a comment. You can also email us topics of discussion for future episodes at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our little slice of the podcast world. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs>